Welcome to Liberty Monks Podcast. James Mundy here with Mike Mundy. How's it going tonight, brother Mike? I'm doing terrific. How are you, sir? As good as I can, man, considering all this madness going on right now and everything that we're being told now. Uh, and we'll get into all this. I'm not even going to spoil it, but um, I'm, that's what we're hoping to get clarity on from our, our awesome guest today, Alex Newman. Alex, welcome to Liberty Monks, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be with you. Awesome. Um, so, Alex, before we get started, I want to actually uh, give our listeners some background on you. Would that be all right? Absolutely. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, to all you listening today, Alex Newman is an award-winning international journalist, educator, author, speaker, and consultant. He's a contributor to the Epic Times, World Net Daily, Freedom Project Media, the Law Enforcement Intelligence Brief, and is the senior editor for the New American Magazine. He's authored and co-authored several books, including uh, the book Crimes of the Educators. And uh, also, he's a fearless advocator and lecturer on the subject of faith, family, and freedom. Um, his work is often cited by government and major media outlets around the world. And Alex, most recently, recently, I heard you in person for the first time, man, and I was in South Dakota. So, um, and I have to say that presentation was at A, fantastic. Uh, we listened to it again, actually, uh, last night. And it, but it also sent some chills down my spine, man. Yeah, well, the uh, the event in South Dakota was a lot of fun. Huh? The uh, the Red Pill Expo. Mm -hmm. um, I spoke on the uh, the dark side of the COVID agenda, and uh, it's very clear that there is an agenda. It has nothing to do with keeping you safe and healthy. It has everything to do with enslaving you and potentially eliminating you. So I hope people are are paying close attention here. Stop listening to the fake media. Uh, the people who are orchestrating this madness are wicked to the core. And uh, they do not want what's best for you. In fact, they want just the opposite. Well, and, and to piggyback on that, you know, Mike and I have been doing a ton of research over the last 18 months, which prompted us to actually start this podcast to try to get good information out to people. And it was after hearing people like Dr. Vernon Coleman, after hearing uh, Dr. Rashid Batar uh, really blow the whistle on the COVID response. Um, we've interviewed at this point now dozens of people. We've listened to lectures from doctors. We've listened to lectures from scientists. Um, so have you, of course, with, your, with, with everything that you're doing. But I don't know that we've interviewed somebody quite like you who's been out there so much, has interviewed all these people and compiled the data and information that you have that can speak on it like you can. So I'm really excited to share with our uh, listeners just all the, all the insight that you have about what's going on today so that they can take proper action um, they can critically think through some of the things perhaps that you talk about, or at least do their own research, not to say that to believe what we're saying or what you're saying, but to do their own research on what we're talking about here. Um, um, so what I, what I wanted to do to start this out was there's actually Mike found this. There's a, there's a, I guess call it famous, famous Chinese curse. And it states that and I want to make sure I get this right. You may live, may you live in interesting times. And uh, I think you could probably consider us cursed then because if, <laughs> <laughs> if you if you say we're living in just interesting times, that may be the understatement of the century, man. Yeah, it really is uh, incredible times, and and I think really what's happened is the the wicked individuals and organizations and forces that, uh, that have been operating for so long behind the scenes have now just finally come out of the closet. And I think now their agenda is becoming more and more plain for everyone to see. Um, on this vaccine issue, I have been honored and privileged to interview uh, just brilliant, brilliant minds in medicine and science and microbiology and law. 
uh, on all these questions. And, and just like you said, James, I, I don't urge anybody to believe me. In fact, don't believe me. I, I would encourage you not to believe me. Verify everything that you hear me say and verify the things that the people I've interviewed say. Uh, but to give you kind of a, a brief summary of what I've been hearing from literally some of the most prestigious medical experts in the world. Uh, I interviewed Dr. Peter McCullough. He's got more citations in the National Library of Medicine on this topic than anybody on planet Earth, anybody on planet Earth. There's really nobody more qualified uh, to speak on these things than he is. Uh, he's got 600 and I think it was 10 citations in the National Library of Medicine on these issues. And uh, what he told me is that, uh, and this was months ago, there had been 5,000 reports of deaths following the administration of the COVID so-called vaccine, I call it the exper experimental injection, mm -hmm. um, in the VAERS database. This is the government's uh, surveillance system to monitor for adverse reactions and deaths following the administration of drugs and vaccines and things. Uh, this was absolutely unprecedented. All the vaccine uh, reports of death in human history that had been recorded in VAERS did not reach that threshold. And what Dr. Peter McCullough said, a, a leading uh, cardiologist, a expert in these fields, um, he said, typically it, with, a, with a drug or a vaccine, if there had been 50 deaths reported following the administration of that drug or vaccine, it would be pulled off the shelf so fast your head would spin. We're talking now we're at over 11,000 the federal government itself funded a study years ago by the Harvard uh, Pilgrim Health Group. And what they found was that this is a federally funded study. Less than 1% of all of the adverse reactions and deaths following administration of vaccines were being reported. We don't know how much less than 1%, but less than 1%. So just conservatively speaking, say 1% are, are being reported. 11,000 reports of death, multiply that by 100. We're talking really, really big numbers here. Just deaths, right? Then you add to that injury, permanent injury, disability. We are talking about an unfolding catastrophe right now. In fact, we've had experience of this in my own family. One of my loved ones took this shot and less than 48 hours later, heart stopped beating. True story. A uh, month and a half in the hospital, they were able to resuscitate him month and a half in the hospital, no idea what happened, but it wasn't vaccines because vaccines are safe and effective, okay? Uh, absolute nonsense. And so he uh, pointed out that this is highly unusual to put it mildly. And of course he was censored. And the interesting thing about Peter McCullough is he developed a treatment protocol early on where more than 85% reduction in mortality if you just simply followed this very simple treatment protocol with widely available medicines, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, different combination of vitamins and things like that, and boom, 85% reduction in mortality. In fact, the World Health Organization said 81% reduction in mortality just with ivermectin, and yet you're not allowed to say that. Okay. Uh, I interviewed uh, Dr. Sukarit Bhakti, the head of microbiology at the University of Mainz. Uh, I can't encourage you highly enough to watch this interview. What he told me was uh, we should begin preparing for a massive human catastrophe. He said the world population was going to be decimated by this uh, experimental injection. He said, uh, and he walks through the mechanics of how it works. He explains it in clear and simple language. He explains how they manufactured uh, the impression of a pandemic using fraudulent tests. Now everybody knows that these tests were fraudulent. Uh, and he explains also what this experimental injection is going to do to your body if you take it. Uh, one of the really interesting things that he said was that... Um, 
you are actually more at risk if you're young and healthy than if you're elderly and your immune system is on its last legs, because what this is going to do, he said, is going to turn your immune system on your own body. So if you're elderly and your immune system doesn't work all that great, uh, you'll probably be better off than a young, healthy person whose uh, very vibrant and vigorous immune system will be turned against you. So these are the things that I'm hearing from world-renowned professionals, okay? Mm-hmm. Interviewed Dr. Kerry Madey on some of the, the transhumanist components of this. Um, interviewed Dr. Richard Fleming about the, the, the legal elements, the lack of uh, informed consent here, which is, of course, criminal. Uh, uh, just every angle that you look at, it's simply crazy. Interviewed Dr. Lee Merritt about the, uh, the bio-warfare implications. She spent decades working in the military in bio-warfare research. She was the head of the uh, American Association of Physicians and Surgeons. I mean, you can't find people more qualified than this to speak on these issues, and yet all of them have been censored. Uh, even, even here in Florida, my dear governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, he called together uh, a collection of experts, Harvard, Stanford, Oxford University, to talk about how insane these face diaper mandates were, about how the lockdowns killed a bunch of people that wouldn't have died otherwise and didn't stop any kind of transmission. Uh, this was censored from YouTube. So folks, you're being deceived. You're being lied to. They're telling you, you got to follow the science, bow down to our little small God science. Uh, and yet they won't let you listen to the science. They will silence the science if it doesn't go with what they want. So folks, don't believe me. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know, I'm not going to tell you whether to take an experimental injection or not. Do the research, go listen to the experts that the establishment doesn't want you to hear and then make your own decision. Well, and you know, what's interesting, Alex, is that, you know, from where I sit, it seems like this whole thing was very planned out. And there's a lot of resources out there right now of very qualified, incredible people who, to your point, have been silenced or they're trying to silence people. Um, uh, Dr. Judy Mikowitz, um, you have the America's frontline doctors. You have all these folks that have tons of credentials and are, are wildly successful in their field of study. Dr. Peter McCullough. Um, Dr. Uh, Jane Ruby, who was on our show uh, a few weeks ago and talked about the vaccine at length. And I think what I'm here, I think the general public and the people that are out there are having a hard time getting their arms around this because how could they go and plan something like this? So what, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was there's a document flying around right now um, published by the Rockefeller Foundation, right? And, and it's called the Scenarios for Future of Technology and International Development. And in that document, there's a section called Operation Lockstep. What, you know what this is, man. What is Operation Lockstep? How does it apply to what we're seeing unfold right now so people have context? Yeah, well, I, I think to start off with some background on the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation is one of the power centers of the global elite. Uh, what the global elite do is they... Mm. You know, they're, they're always demanding higher taxes, right? And it's easy for them to do because they don't pay the taxes. They stash all their gazillions of dollars into these tax-exempt foundations, and then they buy buildings and yachts and private jets and you know all the, all the other nonsense. Plus, they buy governments. Isn't that cute? And so the Rockefeller Foundation is an incredibly powerful institution that has literally shaped the trajectory of humanity uh, in, in an extreme way over the last few generations. And so when they put something out, people ought to be paying attention. So this document, uh, the future scenarios for international development and technology, very boring title. Um, there is this bombshell. And so they've got these four scenarios for how are we going to move toward this, you know, new world order. They don't use that term in the document, but how are we going to move toward this one world that we want? One of those scenarios 
called Lockstep. And as you read it, it's literally like reading the news today. Uh, remember, this was 2010. So they talk about this hypothetical new virus that's going to come out of China and it's going to require total tyranny to deal with. They talk about how the Chinese will do such a great job because they don't have to worry about all that pesky rule of law and constitution, bill of rights. And meanwhile, Americans are going to die because of the, their silly attachment to these things. And, um, and as you read what they propose, what you'll find is that it is exactly what they proposed when the real life virus came out of China. Their response was exactly the same. All hail communist China. They did a great job. And they proposed uh, biometric IDs. They proposed mandatory face diapers. They proposed lockdowns, shutting down businesses. And the, the, I mean, it, it's literally like reading the news. It's just unbelievable. Um, you couldn't even believe that this was published 10 years before the actual coronavirus thing, unless you knew it for a fact and had the report in your hand, which, by the way, you can download from many places today. And one of the most chilling things, and I think this should make everybody stand up and listen carefully, they actually say in this report that even after the pandemic faded, and there, there's no indication yet that they're going to let it fade anytime soon, but even after the pandemic faded, they said that these more authoritarian measures stuck and even intensified. So if you think you're going to get your freedom back after you take your experimental injection, after your community does, after you wear your face diaper for enough years, after they've destroyed all the small businesses, you're kidding yourself, folks. They're not going to let you get your freedom back if they have anything to say about it. So this has been the plan. Um, they, uh, they've had multiple similar documents and events since then. They had in 2017, they had the SPARS document out of the Bloomberg School of Public Health. Uh, this, of course, uh, outlined a hypothetical novel coronavirus that would come out of the Philippines, would come to America. We would need total tyranny to deal with it. We'd have to silence social media. We would have this massive vaccination program. And a year later, people would start saying, hey, I got neurological problems from these vaccines. What do we do about that? So the government's going to have to pay people off. I mean, they've war gamed all of this stuff. And then right before the pandemic itself, we had Event 201 funded by the World Economic Forum, the, the maniacs peddling this great reset, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and of course, the Bloomberg School of Public Health at Johns Hopkins University, where they war gamed it all. We got to shut down the social media because people are going to spread conspiracy theories. Uh, we've got to get everybody vaccinated. We've got to prosecute people who put out what they consider to be fake news. So we've seen it all. They've planned this out. These things don't happen by accident. They, these people are not uh, fortune tellers. They don't have a crystal ball that they knew what was coming. They planned for this and they did a very good job of pulling it off. I've got to give them credit. So as they plan for this, you mentioned New World Order, and we've heard former President Bush Sr., right, um, which even his demeanor in that address, if you actually look back at it now, and I actually saw this in your presentation, was a little eerie just the way he says it. I don't know if you picked up on that, but I sure did. We've had Bill Clinton talk about New World Order. We've had Joe Biden talk about it recently. What, what is this all about? What, what is the new world order? So people understand what these leaders around the world, and these are, this is our presidents, right? This is, this is the people we rely on the most and we trust the most to secure our country and to make our way of life protected, you know, with our documents. And I guess, what is this new world order all about? Well, I, I think at its at the simplest level, it's a one world political and economic and, and uh, governmental system. 
mm-hmm. uh, with the elites in charge and us subservient. But I think on a deeper level, there is really a satanic component to this. I, I don't think you can truly understand what's happening in the world without a good understanding of the Holy Scriptures, because I, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible talks about a spiritual war, and I think ultimately that is what we are facing. Um, globalism has been satanic from the start. Uh, you go back to the Tower of Babel. Uh, God had told people to disperse across the world. They refused. They they unified in rebellion and disobedience, trying to create this giant tower or whatever. Now we've got the United Abominations, right? The, the UN taking its place. And so, I mean, on the surface, yes, they want this totalitarian one world system where we will submit to them. But uh, on a deeper spiritual level, I think we're dealing with absolute evil here. And I don't think you can understand this agenda unless you understand that component of it. These people aren't just misguided. At at the lower level, sure. A a lot of the dupes that are involved in this, they think, oh, you know, this will be the the best way to stop war. This will be the best way to, you know, for humanity to live in peace and harmony and sing Kumbaya. But once you get beyond that level of useful idiots, uh, you find that there are truly wicked people, diabolical people um, who are working to unify humanity in rebellion against God, uh, in, in sin, in defiance of all that is good and right, uh, marriage, family, church, uh, uh, everything that is good. And uh, I think we have an obligation to expose and to reprove and to resist. So okay. Bill, Gates, Bill Gates has been on video saying that the population of the world should be a 500 million right what is the value in getting the population down just for more resources for them and less for us is how what's the what's the reason for this well I, you know I, I think again if you if you look through a biblical lens uh, we know that man is created in the image of god and so it would follow uh, naturally that of course satan would hate mankind and we know that he does um, and and I, I think there are some of these people that are just so fantastically greedy that they just can't imagine sharing the resources that God has blessed this planet with, uh, with all these useless eaters, right? Uh, they're just terrible. They're taking up all this space and they're breathing my oxygen and how dare they enjoy the ocean and how dare they enjoy a little piece of property and have a farm. We don't need those people there. Let the, the buffalo roam or whatever, right? And so there is this real anti-human sentiment among a lot of these people. But I think, again, part of it is absolutely satanic. Uh, Again, go back to the beginning of the Bible. What is one of the first things God commanded people to do? To be fruitful and multiply. Uh, God says children are a blessing. They're a heritage from the Lord. And so to see these diabolical forces saying, no, 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 babies are bad for the planet. They're going to cause global warming. We need to eliminate the the people. We need to reduce the population. Uh, This is a fanaticism that's born in evil, right? And, And certainly useful idiots have been doomed into believing that babies are bad for the environment. I'm not denying that there are people who think they are doing good by trying to reduce the population of the planet. But again, once you scratch beneath the surface and you get up to the higher levels of the totalitarians, uh, the people who founded the World uh, uh, Wildlife Fund, for example, the people at the Club of Rome, uh, these totalitarians from the former Soviet Union and from the West, Al Gore and Mikhail Gorbachev, and, uh, these types of people, uh, it's not about saving the planet. It's not about making sure that uh, the environment is going to be healthy. Uh, it is about evil. It is about waging war on all that is good. Well, and in, in we're getting information from institutions that we're supposed to be able to trust. Let's, let's talk about the, the, the World Health Organization for a minute. We're supposed to trust the World Health Organization. Obviously, you have your perspective on that. The general, the, the man who runs the World Health Organization, who is that? And what is his background? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, uh, quite an interesting character. Uh, he, he, you know, he's got this kind of 
technocrat feeling, kind of like Dr. Fauci, the, 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 the Nazi of Fauciism. Um, but he's got a very interesting background. So first of all, he's not a medical doctor. He, he likes to throw around the term doctor uh, so that people think he's, he's some kind of doctor. He's not. He's got a PhD. Um, but before becoming the head of the World Health Organization, by the way, backed by communist China, he is in that position because of the mass murdering dictatorship enslaving communist China. Uh, he had a long pedigree in the communist movement. Uh, he was a right-hand man for the communist dictator of Ethiopia. He served as the foreign minister, also the health minister. Uh, he helped uh, persecute dissidents overseas who were exposing the regime. He uh, he's had this fanaticism too about destroying the Amhara people. And apparently, during his tenure as the health minister of this communist dictatorship in Ethiopia, uh, they managed to reduce the population of the Amhara by more than a million, is is what I'm being told, uh, through a combination of contraception and covering up health crises like cholera and denying medicine and things like that. Uh, and so even before that. He was on the Politburo, uh, the kind of the central committee, the decision-making body of what's called the Tigray People's Liberation Front. Uh, this is a communist terrorist organization so designated by many governments around the world. Uh, the Marxist group with this uh, fanatical ethnic hatred of certain people groups that exist within the borders of what is today called Ethiopia. And so that's the guy's background. And, and that makes him, I think, a perfect fit to run this World Health Organization, to lick the boots of communist China, to serve as the attack poodle of communist China, to help spread disinformation. Right? Remember, this was the guy who was saying, oh, there's no transmissibility between humans. Nothing to worry about here. Oh, nope. well, shutting down borders to Chinese air travel. That's racist. You guys so what were they trying to do? They were trying to make sure that they could get this spread all over the world so that we could have this uh, catastrophe, uh, most of it brought about by government, obviously, uh, with the spread of COVID. So this guy was a key player in this. I think he needs to be prosecuted. In fact, a lot of Ethiopians are saying it's crazy that this guy would be running a UN agency. He ought to be on trial for crimes against humanity. This guy served a genocidal dictatorship. He was a key player in a genocidal terrorist organization. What in the world is he doing running a UN agency? And I say to people, you just don't understand the UN. That makes him a perfect fit for the United Nations. Yeah, it sounds like an extremely perfect fit, right? And now, <laughs> you know, we have we have another organization, um, um, the World Health Organization, which you, I'm sorry, not the World Health Organization, but the World Economic Forum. When there's this guy, Klaus Schwab, right? And we, we he, he, he actually wrote a book called The Great Reset, right? Um, for our listeners who have not heard of The Great Reset or Klaus Schwab, right? Break it down for us. Who who is he? Who are these players, and what is their ultimate goal? Do you think? Well, uh, Klaus Schwab, as far as I'm concerned, is a neo-Nazi in the uh, in the truest sense of the term. He's a national socialist, a technocrat with delusions of consolidating all power in the hands of the state. Uh, Hitler, of course, famously uh, repeated the mantra that the, the Reich über alles. Right? And he's just like Klaus Schwab with this madness <laughs> that he preaches. Um, so Klaus Schwab, uh, he founded this World Economic Forum. He's an engineer, a technocrat by training. And he founded this World Economic Forum to, to try to bring together the leaders of the corporate world with the government world, right? Mm -hmm. Their name used to include uh, this idea of public-private partnership, where we're going to unify the public and the uh, private sector. And this, again, is fascism by definition, right? If you go back mm -hmm. and you look at what Benito Mussolini described fascism, it's the merger of the corporation and the state, of corporate and state power. And this is, at its core, what Klaus Schwab is advocating, uh, and so now he's come out and he's been promoting this great reset. But let's, let's 
back up a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, back in 2016, he really started promoting hardcore, this idea of a fourth industrial revolution. Uh, and he caught my attention with it back in 2016. It was, uh, you know, He didn't talk too openly about all the implications, but if you actually picked up his book and read it, he wrote a book about this. It was published in 2016 on the fourth industrial revolution. If you actually read it, this was a call, a naked call. He didn't even bother you know, sugarcoating it for transhumanism. He's advocating a merger of human with technology. He talked about implantable microchips that would be able to scan your thoughts and your brain. He talked about how governments might mandate uh, a brain scans of every individual to determine whether they are a national security risk. And by national security risk, they don't mean like you're going to go blow something up. They mean you don't agree with the Great Reset, the One World Order, and all the rest of it, right? Uh, so this is the kind of stuff he's promoting. He's, he's done it a few times since then on television. I've got the videos. Um, but he is uh, a madman of the highest order. And as you dig into the transhumanist cult, and I think cult is the appropriate terminology here, uh, they have some very, very bizarre beliefs. Uh, for example, they think they're going to get their eternal life, uh, not through salvation, through Christ, but through this kind of merger with technology. They, they literally say publicly they're going to upload their consciousness onto a computer and thereby exist for all eternity. Uh, they could not be more wrong, but it's not enough just for them to pursue these crazy ideas. They want all of us to participate in this delusional experiment with them. And so as you boil down this, this call for a great reset that Klaus Schwab is pushing, uh, what you find is, first of all, it means the elimination of the human being. Second of all, yep. you find it means the elimination. Uh, and, and by that, I don't necessarily mean extermination. I mean, this merger of uh, humans with technology that they themselves say would make us post-humans, right? We'd be trans species. We'd be uh, a, a new, a, a, one of the guys who's big into this, uh, Yuval Harari in Israel. Uh, he says that the difference between uh, the upgraded cyborg man merged with machine would be greater than the difference between mankind and the Neanderthal. You know, they come at this from the uh, evolutionary worldview. Um, so, so that's what, uh, they believe and that literally we're going to be eliminating humanity as we have known it. Uh, then you add to that the other components of this. So for example, they put out a video at the World Economic Forum. Uh, I, I pulled it right off their YouTube channel. Uh, mm-hmm. Predictions by 2030. They said by 2030, you will own nothing um, and you'll be happy. Okay, who owns nothing? Well, we know who owns nothing. Cattle own nothing. Uh, slaves own nothing. Uh, um, prisoners own nothing. And then serfs own nothing right chattel serfs mm-hmm. uh, who, who live on who live and exist at the pleasure of their lord who maybe gives them a little plot of land that they can farm on as long as they're obedient and they hand over whatever is demanded of them uh, so that's the kind of world they envision uh, if you keep going on in the video uh, they talk about uh, the u.s is no longer going to be the what the world's superpower and they've had that uh, in the cards for a very long time. Uh, you can't have much meat anymore. We're going to start uh, 3D printing everything. You're going to rent everything. Uh, they actually talk about aliens. We're going to go explore space and maybe we're going to find aliens. Um, so these people have some very significant tricks up their sleeve. Uh, one of the next ones that Klaus Schwab and his World Economic Forum have been talking about is the uh, cyber pandemic uh, that he said would make COVID look mild by comparison. The cyber polygon is the exercise they're doing that would knock down uh, power grid, banking, telecommunications, et cetera. Um, so you can imagine what that might look like and how that might facilitate this total consolidation of power at the global level that they are seeking. So does that have something to do? I mean, I've heard uh, from um, uh, Catherine Austin Fitz uh, speaks on this, and I believe you have too, about uh, a one world digital currency 
tied to some type of a something you either you wear or something that's implanted in you to where they can see or understand if you're I guess, uh, following all of their protocols, how you should be behaving, you know, uh, I guess your social credit score, because they're doing that in China already, aren't they? Yes, yeah, they if, are. If you've, if you've been a good boy, you get your uh, $1,000 a month. And if you've been bad, you only get half, right? If you're lucky, right? Yeah, if you get right. to continue existing. Uh, yeah. And that's the system they're developing worldwide. I think these vaccine passports that they want to roll out will be the precursor to that. Uh, already, these systems have been put into place. The big tech companies that really need to be seen as extensions of the deep state. They were stood up by DARPA with tax money from the very beginning. InQtel, right? The investment arm of the intelligence community helped stand up all these companies, including Fascist Book and Google and so on. Um, and so they've already got the data. It's all been it's all being fed into these giant databases with help from the NSA that's collecting emails and telephone calls. Uh, and, and China really is the model for the, the new world order type of governance that they want. Technocratic, no more self-government. And that is how they hope that this will work, right? They don't want to necessarily have to torture you uh, to get you to behave. Uh, they want you to regulate your own behavior just through a social credit score system like this. And so Microsoft, uh, to give you an example, has patented now, they patented last year, a new technology that would allocate you cryptocurrency based on your body activity. So, hey, is this slave doing what we want him to do? Is he exercising enough? Is he going to work? Is he uh, doing the things that he's supposed to do? Okay, he gets an allotment of cryptocurrency. Well, this slave didn't do what he was supposed to be doing, so he doesn't get an allotment of cryptocurrency. But as you dig into the Chinese system, it's, it's it goes even beyond just monetary resources. In China, um, if you get a low score for your social credit, and you can get a low score by knowing people who don't like the government, by not keeping your cell phone charged, by having a bad credit score, not paying your bills on time, uh, by, by jaywalking, I mean, uh, especially uh, politically incorrect thoughts, being a Christian, I mean, all these things will ding your score down to, to a very low level. Uh, and once you drop below a certain threshold, you can't even travel anymore. You can't even get a decent job anymore. Your kids can't get an education anymore, much less get a passport or leave the country, right? So there's a system of rewards. Really good slaves get good jobs. Really good slaves get to travel the world. Really good slaves get lots of money. Really bad slaves, it becomes almost impossible for them to exist. And so then you don't need to terrorize people directly. You don't need to lock people into gulags and, and rip their teeth out with pliers, right? Because people will behave automatically the way you want them to behave, or they will suffer the consequences. And so Yes, there will be some dissenters and they will be dealt with. But for the most part, the mass of the population will simply do what they're expected to do. That's the system they want to transition us toward in the United States. Actually, some bills have now been introduced in Congress where the government wants to nationalize the credit system, right? The, the credit bureaus. Right now, we have some private companies that keep track of people's credit scores. Well, if the federal government takes over that system, they've already been talking about this. They want to use your Internet search history to factor into this. The IMF is talking about playing a greater and greater role here. The International Monetary Fund, which they're grooming to be the future central bank of the world. So all this stuff is now out in the open. You don't have to believe me. You can go read this all on their own websites. This is the direction that they're taking things. And if humanity doesn't snap out of it, if a massive number of people, and really Americans are probably the last ones left on this planet who have both the, the financial means and the knowledge and the know-how and the, the resources needed to accomplish this, if a Americans don't stand up and say that's not happening. Uh, the future is going to look very, very bleak. What do you think it's going to take for people to to do just that? 
what do you think it's going to take for people to wake up and finally they've had enough? And I know there's a people like you and I and Mike and other people that have had enough and we're trying to scream from a mountaintop here, wake up. This isn't what you think it is. How, how, how does this, how does this unfold moving forward? Um, how do we get people to, to see the light and, and why can't they see it? Yeah, that's a good question. There's several questions rolled up in there. So what would it yeah. take? Uh, I think we're seeing a lot of what it will take now. I mean, we're now at the point where there are so many people awake and people are waking up so quickly that the the dark forces pursuing this agenda realize they're now in a race against time. They now realize if we don't get this done very soon, mm -hmm. uh, the, the critical mass of people waking up, even if we shut down the internet, you know, people are going to talk to their neighbors. People are going to give copies of magazines and flyers to their neighbors. I mean, we, no matter what we do, we now have a limited window, a limited time frame in which to get this done. So a huge number of people I think have already uh, awoken. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the Gallup poll showing that less than half of yeah. Americans have taken these experimental injections. Uh, that to me is evidence that a huge number of Americans have now realized we are being deceived. We are being manipulated. The government cannot be trusted. The fake media cannot be trusted. I mean, the, the election of Donald Trump in 2016 proved that as well. Uh, mm -hmm. It proved that no matter how much the media propaganda demonizes a person, uh, in fact, it actually had the, the exact opposite effect. They demonized him so much. Americans said, hey, if the fake media hates him and the establishment of the, of the Republican and Democrat Party hate him, right. he must be good. We want that guy, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so, so that's where they're at with Americans right now. Now, if you turn on the boob tube, and I don't recommend that you do. It's like psychological terrorism is pumping raw sewage right into your brain. Don't do it. But if you do, they will try to make you feel isolated. They want you to feel like you're this lone extremist kook and that nobody agrees with you and you're isolated. Don't talk to your friends about it because they're going to think you're weird. Uh, but then if you actually go out in the outside world and talk to people, you'll find that this is mainstream opinion. This is what normal people believe. Uh, it, this is true on the election. It's true on the COVID <laughs> pandemic. It's true on the vaccines or whatever. Uh, all these issues issues, people are awake. So what, what it's going to take, I think, is people working through the legitimate sources of authority, our local governments, our county governments, our sheriffs, our elected sheriffs, our state governments, our legislatures, our governors are going to have to say, no. And, you know, mm -hmm. Florida, I think, has been a, a good leader in this field. Our governor signed legislation. He demanded that the legislature pass a law, and they did, and he signed it, uh, banning vaccine passports. Okay, that's, that's a good step. We've got states now all over the country that have passed laws saying gun control is clearly unconstitutional. Nobody will be disarmed in this state by anybody, whether they're wearing a federal costume or not uh, in, in this state. Uh, and sheriffs and state law enforcement will be in charge of protecting the rights of citizens, not cooperating with totalitarian forces coming to trample on their rights. So good things are happening. Really good things are happening. Uh, we need to encourage this. We need to, we need this to continue spreading. Uh, big things are happening in Europe too. I mean, right now, hundreds of thousands of people are marching through the streets of Berlin and Paris and London and, and, and Rome saying, we're not going to submit to this. We're not going to be your slaves. We're not going to take your experimental injections. You're not going to destroy our businesses. So there is a mass awakening taking, taking place, uh, not just in America, but worldwide. Uh, that needs to continue, but uh, it's got to be fast because these people are locking down quick and you never know what will be the next rabbit they pull out of a hat. Well, I saw an, I saw an article a few weeks ago about that the CDC now may take control over the gun rights and gun safety. So I got you got to think that, hey, gun guns are a health concern now. So the CDC will now, you know, they're already mandating uh, moratoriums on mortgages. So why not? Why not gun control, too? Right. 
I got to imagine that's going to be the, the probably the line they cross. They're probably the line they don't want to cross. Yeah. And, and that is a line in the sand for tens of millions of Americans. You know, a lot of Americans have patiently tolerated this, uh, as the founder said in the declaration, you know, uh, our, our tendency is to uh, accept and, and suffer through these abuses as long as they are tolerable. But there comes a time when they're not tolerable anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I think trying to do gun confiscation, I think uh, trying to force people to submit to these experimental injections. I think these are things that are red lines for millions of people. And, I, and that's the only reason why they haven't crossed them yet. Uh, if they thought that they could get away with passing an imperial decree or passing a statute in Congress saying, everybody hand over your guns, they would have done it. Okay. It's that simple. If they thought exactly. they could get away with it, they would have done it. If they thought they could mandate uh, that everybody take these experimental injections and people would do it, they would have done it. Uh, the only thing that's holding them back is the fact that they know there are so many people out there who would absolutely not accept that, that it would go badly for them. So they have that to deal with. Uh, they will keep pushing. They will keep trying. Uh, I expect we'll see more incidents, whether they be false flag or real and, and exploited for subversive purposes. I think we'll see more of that. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think this is... Uh, it's going to come down to the wire. And I think ultimately it's going to be a lot about, um, you know, what, uh, what the church does, you know, if, if the church continues to remain silent, if Christians in this country continue to remain silent, it will be very easy to steamroller over what's left of America. But if the pastors grow a backbone, if the pulpits yep. are on fire for truth and for Liberty, uh, like they were during our founding era, um, there's not any government law or statute or army or police force that will be able to stop that. And so, uh, you know, we, we see the educational system too is, uh, is an absolute disaster. It's another key component of, uh, of their war against humanity and their war against America. Uh, these are all things that we're going to have to deal with, but, uh, you know, they know better than to cross certain red lines and, uh, they will keep trying. They'll keep pushing up as close as they can to that line. But, uh, you know, they, I think they understand that there will be some very serious repercussions for going past that. Well, and a lot of this is being propagated by imposing fear on people, right? <laughs> Making them afraid. And the media is doing a phenomenal job of doing that, right? Like they always do. But, you know, they're actors, right? They really are. They're reading from a script. And, yes. you know, uh, I guess from where you sit, you're in journalism. You see this as clearly as anybody because of your role. What is the biggest tell that can help somebody who has not seen the light yet on this and what the media really is? What's the biggest tell to get them to realize, oh, my gosh, they are just actors? I, I think it's a very individual question, James. Um, I think everybody's got their own passions and interests mm -hmm. and issues. You know, some people wake up when, on, on the vaccine issue. You know, some people wake up on uh, for me, it was really the Federal Reserve that, that got me saying, hey, wait a minute, we've been deceived on this hugely important issue. I got to find out the truth. And then that leads to this and that and the other. Um, and so you know, for each individual, it's probably going to look different for some people to be the gun thing. You know, what, what do you mean? I know that guns are good. I know that guns uh, prevent tyranny and prevent crime. How, how could you say that guns are bad and we need to get rid of guns? So, uh, you know, for every person, depending on their interests and their passions, I think it'll be a different trigger point. But I think we've now passed the point of no return. The media will not be able to regain its credibility with a majority of Americans. Uh, for some people, it was the COVID that woke them up. Right. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff that they say on TV, it doesn't make any sense. So so when a person hears, uh, hey, vaccines are safe and effective, they're so effective that you can protect yourself from COVID by taking a vaccine. And then the very next thing they say is, oh, but the people who haven't vac been vaccinated, they're a major threat to you. 
all you have to do is put two and two together and say, wait a minute, you just said I would be protected if I took a vaccine. Now you're telling me I need to be scared of the guy that didn't take one because he's going to infect me. They can't both be true at the same time, right? Unless you have cognitive dissonance going on. So at some point, there comes a point where people just can't be lied to anymore. People can't be made to believe such absurd, idiotic, ridiculous things. And I think we've crossed that point for most people. If you look at the polling data, uh, a fraction of a fraction of the American population still has any trust whatsoever in the media. They're not going to regain that trust. They, they've lost it. It would take years, years to rebuild that. They're not going to be able to do that. Now, I think they depend on uh, perception manipulation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a big part of the problem is that even though we all know the media is lying, a lot of us still have enough trust in it that we believe that other people believe that. And so we hesitate before talking in church about these things, or we hesitate before talking at the community meeting or with our neighbors or whatever about these types of things, because we think, oh, man, uh, you know, those people are probably watching CNN and they're going to think I'm a wackadoodle if I tell them that. No, right. They're probably thinking the same thing that you're thinking. Uh, we need to just shut off the TV and go out and have regular conversations with regular people and, and I think the remaining people, the ones that are still living under a rock, still believing these lies, uh, they will snap out of it if things continue going the way that they're going. Well, one of the things that you showed, one of the clips that you showed in one of your presentations was all these different news outlets all over all over the country. Right? This is this is all different stations, right? Different stations, different parent companies. Yeah, Fox affiliates, CBS, NBC. But you played it and you played them all in unison and they're all saying exactly the same thing. I mean, you, you can overlay the, each other and it's all it's like basically an echo chamber of it, right? Yes, it is. Uh, and, and that one was uh, particularly interesting because they're complaining about social media. They're saying they're, <laughs> right. people are sharing biased and false news on social media. And we're really proud of our reporting. And, you know, it, it, they're just, it, it's hundreds of these fake journalists reading from a screen, and, and, you know, in their defense, they probably don't realize the agenda. Right, right. I mean, you know, they know that, well, hey, I, that's the script. That's what I got to read. And supposedly some journalist somewhere dug this up and, and wrote it. So I, I'm just reading it. Uh, they don't realize that it's part of something national, that they're being used to deceive the population. A lot of them don't. But when you see it like that, when you see them all repeating the mm -hmm. same thing, um, you can't ever unsee that, right? So I, I encourage people, mm -hmm. go get that video, good videos similar to it. There's tons of them out there where they're all parroting the exact same word word for word phrases, uh, mm -hmm. share that with people that are still stuck in, in the fake media paradigm. And uh, you know you can't unsee that. You'll, you'll be awake forever after yep. you know that they're lying to you like that. Yeah. And um, it was one of the things I was going to ask you, and you alluded to it. Do you think the, the vast majority or a good chunk of folks that are tied in with, you know, uh, that, that mainstream narrative, uh, not the counter narrative, but the mainstream narrative that's going on, do you think a lot of them are well-intended? Yes, uh, to, to some extent. I mean, I, I believe what the Bible says about the nature of man. And so I believe that unregenerated man, uh, the Bible says that their heart is desperately wicked. Uh, and that's all of humanity before they come to know God. And all of us, you know, we're born desperately wicked. And if anybody has babies, if anyone has children, you know this, right? You don't have to teach your children to lie and cheat and steal and beat up their brothers. And you know, it's, just, it's something that comes naturally to mankind. We are born wicked because we're in a sinful, fallen world. So I believe what the Bible says about the nature of man. But I also believe that a lot of the people who are caught up in, in, in this mainstream media narrative, uh, they think they're the good guys. Uh, you know, they yeah. think that it's appropriate to bully their neighbor to, to put on a face diaper when they're at the grocery store. They think that's appropriate. They think that that's actually going to protect people. Um, and so they are deluded. Now, 
you know, the Bible has a lot to say about that. Uh, people who love not the truth will end up deluded. Uh, in fact, God will hand them over to a delusion. Uh, if you read Romans 1, it's one of the clearest um, explanations of this. There are people out there who deliberately suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. So they don't want to know the truth because knowing the truth would have certain implications about their behavior, about their activities. And they don't want to know the truth. And then God says, I, I, I will hand them over to a reprobate mind. They're, they're foolish hearts were darkened so that they believe things that are absolutely absurd. So I think a lot of the people that are still caught up in the media narrative fall clearly into that category. They don't want to know the truth for whatever reason, uh, maybe because the truth is uncomfortable, maybe because the lie is more comforting. Uh, so a lot of people fall in that category, but I do think the overwhelming majority of people think they are good. They think they want to do the right thing. They think that they are well-intentioned. Um, and I think most of the people still stuck in the media narrative uh, fall into that category. Now, the people pulling the strings behind the scenes, absolutely not. These people are wicked. They're, they know they're wicked. They're proud of their wickedness. They love money. They want more power. They don't mind killing and stealing and destroying to achieve those things. Uh, and so they're just straight up, outright, plain and simple, any definition of evil, that's them. But at the lower levels, you know, a lot of these people have been deceived, they've been manipulated. And the thing is, one of the things that I'm really encouraged by, a lot of these people are going to end up as our allies. Uh, a lot of these people are going to see the light, uh, you know, light bulb is going to go off and they're going to say, oh my goodness, I've been deceived. I've been manipulated. I've been duped. Uh, how do we turn this around? How do we fight for freedom? How do I wake up my community? And this is happening every single day. People yeah. are waking up and, um, and, you know, we need to realize that a lot of these people that we might think of as enemies, uh, first of all, God says we should love our enemies and pray mm -hmm. for them. But a lot That's of these right. people that we think of as our enemies, they're going to be side by side with us. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but in the not too distant future. Now you mentioned that this is the test run, right? Um, Considering how this new Delta variant slash mutations being positioned right now, um, what do you think people should expect next? I think it's entirely plausible that they could release another uh, biological agent. I, I am a firm, uh, I'm firmly convinced that this uh, COVID was created in a laboratory in mm. communist China, in Wuhan, actually, uh, with help, by the way, from American tax money, from Dr. Fauci, from key researchers at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, uh, up in Winnipeg. I mean, there's a lot of people involved in this. It wasn't just Chai Coms. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think anybody who thinks that they wouldn't do that again is being exceptionally naive. In fact, last year, uh, I was hearing from sources very close to the White House that there were plans to release a COVID-21 or even a COVID-20. Um, and so I don't think that's out of the question at all. And, and this one might actually be genuinely more deadly. I, I think it, they wish the COVID would have been more deadly because it wasn't quite as scary when you saw that, uh, you know, it's like a 99.9 .9 something uh, recovery rate. Yep. You'll be fine. It's not all that scary. It depends on propaganda. So I think that's uh, totally plausible. I think a cyber pandemic where they shut down power grids, banking systems, telecommunications, entirely possible. Uh, a, a war outbreak uh, between maybe some of the major powers, uh, entirely possible. Maybe started off by having China invade Taiwan. Who knows? Uh, the globalists have understood for a long time that war is a very, very valuable tool in advancing globalism. In fact, clear back in uh, 1968, member of the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, Lincoln Bloomfield wrote a report called A World Effectively Controlled by the United Nations. And he argues in this report that you know if we just allow this to happen organically, it's going to take centuries to have a world effectively controlled by the United Nations. And so he says that the that a war or the threat of war is the fastest way to get us from where we were then, you know, world of nation states with 
sovereignty, essentially, to a one world order controlled by the United Nations. So they understand that war is useful. And like you said earlier, fear is powerful. So anything that, that inspires fear, uh, whether that be a, a mass shooting or a pandemic or a, mm -hmm. a war or a threat of war or a cyber pandemic or the banking system is, is struggling, anything that they can use to terrorize people and get them to make very bad decisions. Well, Alex, I know I know we're up against our time together tonight because you have something else going on. Um, what parting words would you like to share before we let you go uh, with your evening here? Well, I want to thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you for what you guys are doing. I appreciate uh, your show very much. And uh, I hope people who are watching will, will spread this link, uh, let other people know about this show, uh, the great work these gentlemen are doing. Uh, and, and I would urge everybody to be in prayer. I mean, ultimately, um, you know, you, it, I don't think it's bad to prepare for bad things coming. Um, you know, in fact, I would say you're probably pretty foolish if you're not making some basic preparation. I mean, don't get paranoid. You know, you don't got to have an arsenal and a bunker and all the rest of it. But but don't be a fool. Right. I, I live in yep. Florida. We get hurricanes from time to time. Right. So a lot of us have generators, have a little bit of extra food. Make sure you have a backup water supply so that you don't depend on wicked, evil people or government to uh, to come save you during hard times. But more importantly than that, we need to recognize that our security is not going to be found in this world. Um, so, you know, get on yeah. your knees and pray and ask God for, for help and for comfort and for security, because that's really the only source where ultimately you're going to find it. And I just want to thank you again, gentlemen. If people are interested in, in following up, you can find my personal website is libertysentinel.org. I'm the senior editor at the, uh, the New American Magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, executive director at public school exit. If you need help or your church needs help getting the kids out of the government's brainwash camps. Uh, I write for a lot of different publications uh, in the United States and around the world. Um, the Epic times, if you're not subscribed yet, mm -hmm. great newspaper, fourth largest newspaper in America now. So I encourage people to get good sources of information. And uh, I thank you guys once again for having me on the program. I really appreciate the opportunity. No, we appreciate it, Alex. And all of those uh, links will be in the description so that people can click on those, go and find your great work and, and listen to some of the things you've put out and, and others that you've interviewed. And Alex, God bless you, brother. Um, God bless you listening out there and God bless America. Till next time.